0: This edition of The Wellness Prescription is brought to you by Healthy Planet, your source to healthy living.
1: Welcome to The Wellness Prescription on 105.9 The Region. I'm Dr. Claudia. Thank you all for joining me today. I think optimal health can be achieved by everyone. Sounds real simple. Just go and get healthy. It can be that simple, except there are so many variables at play. It is a mind-body-spirit connection that we need to understand, we need to apply, and then we need to master it. Joining me today is critical care physician, Dr. Kwadjo Kiramentang to help us understand the path to health and disease prevention. So welcome to the show, Dr. K.
0: Dr. Claudia, can I tell you how hyped I've been about this for the last couple of weeks? Because we are like-minded individuals trying to get people healthier. And I just feel like it's uh, it seems to be rare these days. So I am... A- Truly honored to be on the show, so thank you for having me.
1: Well, actually, the honor and the privilege is all mine. I love talking everything health and wellness, and if we can all collectively get together and teach people how to be healthy and live their best life, then our goal is accomplished. So let's start by telling listeners a little bit about yourself. What led you to this path of being in the ICU and trying to help people live healthy?
0: I was a kid with bad asthma, and I... I My pediatrician was like my hero, like the way he came into a room and just caused you to just be so relaxed, brought my parents relaxed and just got you through some really tough times. And I really wanted to be able to bring that to people, to be able to bring that level of confidence and and calmness to a situation. And there's no situation like that compared to intensive care units where things are hectic and, you know, one minute things are are going okay, the next, you, you you know, things are, are crazy. And so having to have that level-headedness uh, was so important and working as a team. So I really enjoyed that side of, of medicine. So I, I've done that for many years now. And I started to l- really look at like get, the, the idea of prevention and, and getting people healthy. It really came during the pandemic. Honestly, I, I haven't seen somebody that didn't have risk factors of either um, you know, being immunocompromised or really advanced age, but other folks usually had some metabolic problem. And and so to, so I would tell myself, you know, especially after seeing how horrible you know, an admission for COVID was, we need to start talking about getting people healthy, prevent them from landing in an intensive care unit, whether it was COVID or any other ailment so that we can prevent them from going through that suffering, through that deconditioning, through that pain pain and anguish that their families are going through. And, and, And so this has been my passion for the last two years to really increase the awareness and provide people with tools to to get healthy.
1: You know, it's been a crazy two years. I mean, pandemic taught us a lot and I'm so glad that we're bringing to the forefront that being ultimately healthy is the mission and goal of our lives. But, you know, you believe that disease can be prevented because by the time we've got, you know, somebody gets to the ICU, they're already in a disease state. So can we prevent disease? How easy is it? And, you know, what are the next steps for society?
0: Honestly, most of the patients that we have. In the intensive care unit are related to like lifestyle choices. So whether that's obesity, whether that's smoking, whether that's drinking, and and like all these things, there's multiple factors, right, that have led people to this. But you know, the idea though is that this is preventable, and some things are easier than others. Like if you're in a low socioeconomic area where you're barely making ends meet, it's hard to eat healthy, it's hard to make time to go to the gym, and so on. But the point is a lot of these ailments and conditions are preventable. And so this is why I get so excited about, you know, how can we think about ways of of of, of reaching Canadians, whether they're rich or poor, because I'll tell you the current healthcare system as is, is, is on the verge of collapse. Like it is not in a great state. We're putting more and more pressure on the healthcare system, more and more pressure on healthcare providers to try and be there for patients. And as you've seen in the news, you've seen on your social media, this is getting more and more challenging. So to answer your question directly, yes, it is preventable. Not always easy, but it's certainly preventable.
1: So you, in the ICU, what are the three or the top common metabolic diseases that present to the ICU that have long-term, you know, physical um, you know, concerns that show up later on in life? What are the top ones that you see mostly?
0: We see a lot of, yeah, metabolic, poor metabolic health. So obesity, see a lot of type 2 diabetes, a lot of high blood pressure, um, you know, aside from that smoke, like smoking related ailments. And so, you know, once again, when you look at many of these conditions, obesity, high blood pressure, type 2 diabetes, I mean, I in medical school, To me, I always thought like these things can't be reversed, you know, like when you, when you look at a type two diabetic and they're on their two medications and also on their insulin, you know, I I always thought, okay, you're diabetic for life. And this is one of the the things that I found absolutely fascinating was that there's a lot of people working at getting people off medications, reversing metabolic disease. And so this is what was just like a light went off for me. It's like, Wow. Look at what the possibilities are here, and what the impact could be for for Canadians, and the impact it could have on less people coming into hospital into the ICU. And so, this has been such a an important uh, focus for us. And I, I just this is why I'm so appreciative to be able to come on the show to talk about things like this because we really need to get our voices louder. We need to really uh, push this. The strain on the healthcare system is only going to get worse, and there's another side to this that people don't realize too, is when you land in an intensive care unit, you know, it's, it's not, it's not like you suffer. Like it is, it's a really hard to see patients that have to go on a ventilator. They can't, you know, express pain or anxiety. They become more and more deconditioned. they time away from their family. And when they leave, if they leave ICU, like, a lot of them aren't the same person that they were before. They might, they might not be able to, you know, do all this, the things that they used to love. And so whatever we could do to prevent that, we should be taking it seriously.
1: So you're a huge advocate of creating healthy habits. So, you know, habits are hard uh, to develop, but you have three tips uh, on how to achieve that. What are those three tips that you can offer every Canadian?
0: To me, it's about making it as. Easy as possible, and uh, and being in a bit of a community and having that support where you can create that, and to celebrate celebrate the wins. So to me, when it comes to creating a habit, it's you you try and make it about the process. So I'll give you an example. If you want to make sure you go get to the gym or go for your run on five days a week, you know when you get out of bed, have your workout clothes, your running clothes out right in front of you. Like first thing you see when you get out of bed is so you don't have to rummage and, and try and find the equipment is right there. One of the ones I like to do is I put my kettlebell right beside my bed. So I'm like, I'm going to just do some swings this morning. The other thing is to be in love with the process. Don't get so caught up in the results right away because all these things will take time. So the fact that you, for example, got to the gym, that's the win. The fact that you got outside for your walk or your run, even if it's two minutes, you just said, like, you know what, I'm, I'm not feeling it, but I got there. You celebrate that win. You've, you accomplished, you did the process, you sell it, celebrate that. And the other thing I like to do is have someone like a partner to help in your journey. They could push you a little bit. And even those times where you don't feel like going, that they're they're keeping you accountable. You know, So that's, I think it's a, it's a bit of a hack that could help you achieve your wins.
1: It's funny because I call my children my accountability coaches so that they can make sure that, you know, they have to make time for me to be active because right now I'm like their taxi driver driving them everywhere. But I told them that it's so important for me to get my time to myself so that I can work out because the healthier and the happier I am, the healthier and happier the whole household is. So I have my accountability coaches, but I noticed on your TikTok that you posted a video um and you you mentioned this reward system. So I love that. So, you know, if you didn't work out, you're not allowed to watch Netflix. So we do that as parents to our children, but we should do that to ourselves. So I love that idea of rewarding yourself with, you know, watching your favorite Netflix show or having, you know, um, going out for, you know, with friends, fight, giving yourself a reward system. I like that. Do you feel that that works?
0: It's been a big one for in our household. You know, I like uh, we tried, my wife and I tried uh, keto. And that's exactly what we we said to each other. I'm like, if we're going to watch, we're we're watching a Netflix series. They're like, if we're going to do this, we got to stay on point. We got to stay compliant with with the diet. And that is our reward system. And it's, it's like, it's a little, it's a little something easy, relatively easy to implement. And it is also, it feels that much more joyful when you get to sit down and watch your show or whatever the reward might be. And it just, all these things just amplify each other and to be able to create these healthy habits. But yeah, I, I, I do think all of us could use a little bit more celebration in life. And, and this is one of the things that we could point towards when now we're achieving our goals.
1: So as an ICU doctor, you must have a very, uh, hectic schedule. You must have a high stress career, but on top of all that, you also have a family. So how do you balance all of that, your work, your family, you know, you have a wife, you have children, what is your secret and what do you recommend for other Canadian families to engage in, in order to create that balance?
0: Oh, that's a, that's a very good question. And I I put a lot of thought into this, Claudia, in terms of, you know, trying to achieve that work-life balance. And one of the most important things for me is to be work as efficient as possible. Like I really, I'm always thinking about 80-20 principle, like how do I achieve my goals in the most efficient ways? And then a lot of that is delegation. A lot of that is uh, really creating a team that you can rely on to to help you achieve your goals. Like I, you know, I've had virtual assistants, research uh, assistants out of pay out of pocket early in my career to help me navigate through a lot of this uh, challenging, uh, or or busy times. Um, the other thing as an ICU dog, you miss a lot of weekends and, and big events. Like I miss Christmas mornings with your family and so on. And so you, the time that you're with the family, you're engaged in the family. Like you almost, it's almost like a way of making up for lost time. Um, is that when you're there, you're there, you're not stuck on your phone, you know, checking out the Euler scores. You're you're there playing with like I have three sons who are super active and a new puppy recently, which is I do not recommend. Uh i I recommend puppies, but I'm just saying with three kids that are busy and we just added this to the mix. I'm like Kathy, oh my god, yeah, really like uh, leaning on your team, setting priorities, allocating time to like I I really try and I'm pretty religious about you know my blocks of time. So like you know. Say like on our own, our our podcast, Solving Healthcare, I'll have a day of interviews. You you really try and block off periods of time where you could do what you need to do, focus work uh, and, and so forth. I like to stack. Um, and so I, all this, I think, helps out. And, and I also think of, I, I do think a lot of us don't think of efficiency and productivity enough, like really to think about, for example, when do you work the best? And for me, like if I got to do something difficult it's the mornings but yeah thinking about when you work efficiently as well all these all these pieces I think add to being able to try and achieve that balance
1: and it sounds to me like it's just about being super organized so being organized doesn't mean doesn't cost money um being organized actually gets you more time which we all complain we never have enough of and that eventually leads to a healthier lifestyle Mm.
0: Yeah. And, and honestly, it's priorities too, Claudia. Like I I think a lot of people get caught up in, you know, I got to do X, Y, Z on the, on the to-do list. And they never ask themselves like, what is my main goal today? What's my main objective? What do I need to really get off the the list this week? And so like when that frantic email comes in or some, uh, when, you know, you're supposed to be working out, you're like, no, this is workout time. You know what I mean? Like this is, what, this is my priority right now. And uh, cause most things that you feel like are important really aren't that important. It takes a while to figure that out. But like, you know, I got a lot of friends that they get pinged on the, each email or whatever. I'm like, nah, email time for me, 8 to 5 p.m., none on the weekend, because that will only make your life more hectic, you know? So it's about setting those priorities and, and boundaries.
1: So your mission is actually to keep all of us out of the ICU. So what recommendation could you give to all of us that will keep us there? What are one or two of the healthiest things we can incorporate into our lives to keep us out of the ICU?
0: I love it. So I think if I were to say the most, so 80-20 being like the, the, you know, I should explain 80-20. So the Pareto's principle is uh, about 20% of an activity could produce 80% of the result. And so, um, when I think of that, nutrition is high up there. Like if we think about what we eat, it, you could, you know, obviously improve metabolic health, feel better, sleep better, everything like that. And within that, the one thing I would say is if you could just stay away from processed food or limit your processed food, that would be, you'd be miles ahead of folks. You know, like, you know, there's a million diets you, you could jump on. You, like, I'm a big fan of intermittent fasting. I love it. Uh, some low carb, some keto, some, uh, you know, vegan. But to me, if you're going to look at one of the principles that overlaps so much of that is just staying away from processed food. Thinking also about your protein intake. I'm becoming more and more of a fan of that, like increasing your protein ratio compared to the rest of uh, what you eat. But if you're going to choose one thing, Stay away from some uh, from processed foods. The second thing I would say from, from uh, an activity point, point of view is it doesn't have to be, you don't have to be a marathon runner. You don't have to be, uh, you know, a superstar yoga instructor. You just got to be moving. You just got to find what you like to do. It could be walking your 10,000 steps a day. It could be going playing racket sports with your, your neighbor. It could be going balling playing basketball outside with, uh, with your kids. By the way, Teddy, I'm going to be dunking on you soon, buddy, for listening to this. But, like, just staying active, like, just find what it is. And I, because I, I say sitting is a new smoking, in my, my my opinion, especially post Zoom, like post like peri pandemic. Like, you know, I'm not, it's not my normal office, but normally I got a stand up desk just to keep, you know, to, which naturally keeps you active. But if I had to choose, like, the two main things would be stay away from processed food. And keep moving. Find whatever you like to do and but keep moving.
1: That's awesome because those are my recommendations too. Eat well and keep moving. When we come back, more tips from Dr. K and his new platform, Solving Wellness. Have a question for Dr.
0: Claudia? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us. Info at 1059Theregion.com. The Wellness Prescription with Dr. Claudia on 105.9 The Region.
1: You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to The Wellness Prescription. So before the break, Dr. K and I were discussing ways to get healthy and avoid the ICU. This is awesome advice from Dr. K. We talked about how being healthy is easy, but it requires commitment. You know, the reality is not only do we need to be healthy, but frontline workers, healthcare workers, doctors, nurses, anybody who's there to take care of us need to be healthy as well so you started a platform called solving wellness we need to talk about this because this is a really great platform and i'm so happy that you're thinking about the well-being of your you know your colleagues and people you're going to be working with today tomorrow and far into the future so tell us a little bit about that
0: yeah thanks for the opportunity claudia and just a bit of a background story so we were in the heights of the pandemic it was april 2021 and uh third wave I'm sleeping in hospital for the first time in like a decade. Like, like that's how busy we were. And one of my most esteemed colleagues, uh, I, I, I'm talking about a patient with with her at three o'clock in the morning, and she just breaks down. And I was like, "Whoa, uh, you know, like what's going on? You know, like w- w- what's happening?" And just basically was expressing how burnt out she was. And then when you started to talk to the other colleagues, and, and you are seeing how burnt out they were too. You know, we just said we gotta do something about this. So we, what we we what we did was, you know, put together a virtual format where where healthcare providers got together like a community where they had yoga sessions together, uh, fitness classes, nutrition tips, uh, meal planning, how to uh, ways of managing stress, and the way we created it was to really try and create that sense of community, like we have that shared experience we know what how difficult it's been and we're there for each other to try and get through these challenging times and unfortunately this is beyond the pandemic too like it's i mean before the pandemic there was a lot of burnout but you know especially now that it's only un- unfortunately gotten worse and a lot of folks leaving the profession and so forth and so we asked ourselves we got to do something like this is a it's kind of a theme for us like we want to choose action over you know, uh, in action, And, uh, this, this was a natural way of trying to connect healthcare providers to be able to support each other and to stay active and to get healthier. Because Claudia, I mean, you know, this for us to be sound, to be able to take care of, of people, we need to be on point. We need to be mm-hmm. able to take, be like taking care of ourselves. Uh, Cause what we do is heavy and, uh, uh, we really need to be present and, and, and at our best to be able to provide optimal care.
1: So it's interesting that you say that. So although, you know, you're dealing with patients who are very ill, you see where, how quickly things can spiral downward. I'm in a perspective, um, you know, as a chiropractor, I'm making sure that we can keep people active because I'm a firm believer that our longevity really does rely on our mobility. So, and all of that relies on how well you're eating, how much activity you're getting, how much sleep you're getting. So we are all the same as much as, you know, what you need as a physician and as a team of doctors and what we need as a society is no different. We just have to support each other. So I feel like what we need to do is kind of bridge the gap between what, you know, what we're telling people in hospitals and what we're telling people outside has to kind of coincide. And I feel like we're on the same page. We just want everybody to be healthy. So what are we, let's talk a little bit about how can we teach people that, you know, you have to eat well in order for you to feel well? So let's talk about intermittent fasting because you said that you love it. Uh And keto, you've also done the whole keto thing. I haven't tried keto Um, just because it's hard for me to find a lot of protein that I like. Um, But let's do intermittent fasting first.
0: Yeah. So number one, like, yes, yes, yes. To what you just said about like being on the spectrum of like all trying to get people healthier. And, and I'm quite almost uh like in some ways jealous of what you're doing claudia because like i'm literally seeing everyone at the end stage like at the end of the uh, end of the line and when the, the, their mobility is already impacted and if they survive us their mobility is even worse so i i can't emphasize how important it is to have that aspect that that fitness level before getting sick because um it, sorry to digress. I'll I'll answer the intermittent fasting question for soon. But like when I've uh, we've treated some of our elderly patients, the ones that have done the best have been mobile. They've been fit. They're doing their resistance training or weight training. So I just wanted to emphasize how important that was, and we see it every day. So intermittent fasting. I just the reason I I I love it is because I think it's one of the more sustainable ways to either maintain To maintain your weight like it's um for those that haven't heard about it there's uh sometimes it's synonymous with um time-restricted eating but for me personally i eat between 12 and 8 p.m 12 p.m and 8 p.m so i haven't we're doing this uh sit down and i haven't eaten yet and what i found was my percentage fat went down uh my energy stayed unbelievable Even lifting on, on, when I lift weights during, um, fasted state, like I'm still doing my my max lifts usually on an empty stomach. Um, and I've just seen so many friends, family, uh, in the literature receiving, getting positive results by uh, using this approach. And like, you know, not everything is cookie cutter for everybody, but it's just a nice option for people. To, that are that are either trying to reverse metabolic disease, reduce their their, their weight, or uh, even maintain their weight. Like it's it's just such an amazing tool. And I must say, during my window, like I typically, well, I'll try and eat like good food, but I'll eat whatever I want and how much I want. For me, mm-hmm. it's worked well because I'm a pretty active guy. But mm-hmm. having that joy of not thinking about oh can I have that extra piece of chicken? Like, I'm not even thinking about that. I'm just demolishing until I'm full. But yeah, I, I love it.
1: And so let's talk about keto. So I love the whole intermittent fasting idea. Um, I do it. I follow it myself. I agree with you 100%. I'm so much more energetic. I I actually make healthier choices. Mm. To be honest, because you're just like, well, I only have this window to eat. So I'm going to eat things that are going to continue to fuel me so that I can be as active as possible. But the keto diet, uh, you know, you hear so many things about it. I haven't tried it yet. So let's talk a little bit about that. What are the advantages? And is it sustainable? Because, you know, you don't want to go into ketogenesis.
0: Yeah, that's a great one. That's a great one. Because so... So short version is, I definitely have seen people get great results with keto. So you're basically really limiting your carbohydrate intake. I've I've seen numbers like less than uh, 40 grams of of carbohydrates in a day, or net carbs in a day, and uh, rapid weight loss I've seen. I've seen uh, people even improve some of their autoimmune disease. I've seen that. I've seen positive results with uh, mental health. Um, it was one of the original treatments for um, uh, seizures in, in kids. This is one of the uh, early uh, literature on how that improves things, and and so I tried it for the first time, and I had I personally had a very tough time with it. I I, I honestly I felt low energy, uh, and which they say that you could get, it gets better with time, but. I I personally had a tough time with it. I I tried it for about ten days and had to like I, I look to Kathy. I'm like, please, I just need some. I just need a car, please. <laughs> yeah. Just but- give me a
1: piece of bread. Give <laughs> me
0: a piece of bread. But um, but there's some people that they can sustain on it. They they really feel good. I find the ones that have done it more long term. Um, they have also a secondary reason like a metabolic or um autoimmune disease, for example. That's uh, they find that is approved. but uh. Some people cycle in and out of it, um, but I definitely have seen positive results. Like one of the, I can even think of someone that I work with downstairs, uh, they literally lost 40 pounds and have sustained their 40 pounds uh, by going with a ketogenic diet.
1: All right. So I'm going to have to try ketogenic next. (laughs) So you mentioned earlier about how ketogenic diet was, you know, is used in kind of helping mental health. Um, let's talk about that. What is the state of our mental health post pandemic or during the pandemic? How have we all been affected and what do you recommend we do to kind of help either as individuals or collectively?
0: Oh man, Claudia, honestly, I think this is the next pandemic, unfortunately, like this is really like we like collectively have suffered throughout this last two plus years Especially our kids i uh, it breaks my heart even thinking about how it's impacted uh, our children and it was an issue beforehand and and I think you know one of the things that is important is to make sure that the awareness is there we're open to talk about these things about the struggle with anxiety depression um this these are these are so many Canadians are are going through this and and honestly there's, there's a few things that come to mind one. I see how mental health impacts patients all the time, you know, whether if you're depressed and amotivated, you're not going outside, you're not making healthy choices and all that stuff. So it's another one of those things that if if you're serious about trying to improve people's health, we need to take it seriously. And so, um, this is one of my biases, like it should be, it should be one of those things that are covered for all Canadians. Um, like we really should be able to uh make sure that um they are getting optimal mental health services when needed, like not necessarily having to pay out of pocket um especially when I think about our youth and that you know seeing a child psychologist is a, you know about two hundred dollars an uh, an hour, and not everybody could afford that but collectively, I think one of the things we we could do it not only uh you know be open about it but be there to support each other. Like, and, and, and one of the things I think we've lacked and is is an easy, uh, thing to, to add is just connection, like really make sure that we take that part of our, of our lives, uh, seriously, the, the ability to, um, sit down together, eat, eat together when, when being active, one of my favorite things is just going out with your friends for a walk or, or, you know, and, and that way you're getting your exercise, improving your mental health, uh, and, and you're connecting. And so to me, one of the things that people are, are reluctant to do or haven't had that exercise of, over the last two years, it's really connecting with each other. And I think this is something that is so good for our mental health and, and will have ultimately some, some great, uh, health benefits.
1: I couldn't agree with you more. So before I wrap up the show today, I have one last question for you. Have you seen, and I think this is a really important question. I really want listeners to hear the answer to this. Do you believe that people who are on um, medications for various diseases can be reversed? Can can they get off some medication if they make lifestyle changes that are going to improve their health?
0: 100%. So, like, there's obviously going to be exceptions or what have you, but if you're thinking about, uh, for example, type 2 diabetes, high blood pressure, there's going to be a a, a large percentage of y'all that if you improve your metabolic health by, once again, you think about what you're eating, whether that's low carb, whether it's keto, whether it's intermittent fasting, whether it's just staying away from processed foods, whatever it might be. Adding some exercise. I'm a big fan of resistance training, which we maybe talked about a little bit. 100%. There's many of you guys out there that could be coming off um, meds. And obviously, you're going to be consulting with your doctor and so on. But as a possibility, absolutely. And this is why I'm here on the show. This is why <laughs> I, I do those TikToks. I, I do that because this is a possibility. And if you can reverse, if you do reverse, if you do come up with those meds and you improve your health, your longevity improves, your, your mental health improves, you reduce, once again, your risk of seeing me in an ICU and I'm the last mug you want to see. Um, so, yeah, 100% Claudia.
1: And that is music to my ears. Dr. K, I cannot thank you enough for joining me today. I know that listeners definitely want to learn more about you and get your tips and your advice. So how can they do that?
0: So, uh, once again, thank you, Claudia. Before telling people about myself, I just want to emphasize what you're doing is special. What you're doing for the community, having this show, a reliable way of hearing about how we collectively could get healthy, that the commitment is grand. Like we say on our show, you're changing the boogie, young lady. You're changing the boogie. (laughs) Um, So, for us, if you want to catch our show, it's Solving Healthcare. Uh, You can hear it anywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, you, on social media, you could catch us on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, at Quadcast, K W A D C A S T, uh, TikTok being our, our major source these days. Um, those that were interested in solving wellness, if you're a healthcare provider, you go to solvingwellness.com or check out our Facebook page. And uh, yeah, we're, uh, like I said, just trying to put a dent into this thing and uh, really appreciate the opportunity, Claudia.
1: And I'm so excited that we're all going to change the boogie together. <laughs> you can always find me on Instagram at Claudia underscore Maciela or my website, Claudia That's my show for this week. If you missed it, go to 1059theregion.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google podcast Amazon music and of course audible that's my show for this week I'm Dr Claudia thank you so much for listening and I hope you all get to live your best life the wellness
0: prescription was brought to you by healthy planet order online at healthyplanetcanada.com or go online to find a location nearest you.